Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the leaders in daily fantasy DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at a million dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter the promo code SGP to get a free shot at a million bucks in prizes with your first deposit. That code again is SGP and only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's betql.co and the promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, don't forget to sign up for the Free Roll Football Contest, where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchup pro and college football with just one catch we're only interested in underdogs who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset time to find out it's three dog thursday now here's your host tj reed man i am raring to go on the latest edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs jam-packed program great guests going to have a lot of fun as part of Three Dog Thursday. And however you found us, and more and more of you are doing so, thank you. Whether it's a social media link, whether it's through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows and their feed, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, the website, however and wherever you found us, continue to spread the word, continue to rate us and subscribe us. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get those podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Find us, subscribe, rate us, review us. The show will come automatically to you. Thank you for continuing to do so because more and more now that it's the football season, college and the NFL have been finding us and you know that we love dishing out underdogs. Those little guys, those that aren't given much of a chance to contend, much less win. And we're going to be doing more of that straight ahead in the college and the NFL uh, weekend. And look, I know that we've come to the end uh, of basically the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm very interested in this. 
I'm a Tampa guy. I uh, have been here for 40 years. Uh, love the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team. Was there in the building the last time the Lightning went for the Stanley Cup in Game 7 at home against Calgary and won it and skated the Cup. It's the only time in team history they got bounced in six games by the Chicago Blackhawks uh, back five years ago. Now this is the third time going for the Cup. So the hockey about to be done. Uh, at the time that we are taping, they have already got three games in the books. I don't know the result of Game 3 with the series tied one all, but they could be done as soon as Saturday. Back-to-back games Friday night, Saturday night in the Edmonton bubble. So the hockey coming to an end. The basketball is in the conference finals. What's going to happen? Is it going to be the Miami Heat that hang on in the East? Is it going to be the Heat and the Lakers? Some combination, though, with the Celtics and the Lakers. Does Denver somehow knock off LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers after they snuck out uh, in, in Game number 3? I don't think so. But anyway, the NBA is coming to an end. My point is that with baseball about to start the postseason, the NFL is just getting started up. College football is welcoming the SEC back. We're going to talk a lot about that with our senior handicapper, Brian Edwards, straight ahead in the next segment. Football just warming up in September. Even though the other sports are winding down, it's all melding together. And we're glad that you're with us here as part of Three Dog Thursday to talk all about it. What a difference a week makes uh, in a lot of ways and a lot of fashions. Uh, wasn't it last week that I came to you on Three Dog Thursday and said, one game does not a 16-game season mate for the Bucks. Well, the Bucs, with Tom Brady at the helm, uh, it looked much better. Granted, the competition not very good. Carolina, especially if they don't have Christian McCaffrey moving forward with the injured ankle, going to be a long year in Charlotte. I would love to tell you that I'm heartbroken for the Panthers, but as obnoxious as Cam Newton was uh, with all the success that they had in recent years, uh, this guy's not feeling any sympathy for the Panthers if they have a long year. Sorry. Uh, but in any event, uh, Bucks get the win, and so now everybody is kind of backed off the old oh, Brady might be washed up. Bucks are going to be 8-8, eight and eight, going to be 7-9. and nine. Just take it a game at a time here. Get back to me, and you'll hear me say this with our, our guests on our video roundtable. JT the Brick is going to be here. My former uh, Fox Sports Radio brethren uh, will be here talking lots of Vegas Raiders. So I look forward to talking with the Brick about the opening of the new stadium in Vegas and the Raiders. Also, Jonathan Grella will be here. Uh, Grella runs his own PR firm, Protein uh, Public Affairs. Uh, he's in D.C. He's a former public relations man for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big sports fan, big New York Jets fan. He'll be here. Anyway, we'll kick around on the show that what a difference a week makes. Bucks look better. Saints don't look very good Monday night. Now everybody's wondering about Drew Brees. And is he washed up at 41 years old? And they've got the Packers coming in this week. And I, I'm going to go ahead and tip you off that one of our guests loves the Packers in this spot with the Saints as an underdog, as a three or three and a half point underdog coming in the Superdome where there will be no fans for this upcoming matchup on Sunday night football. Weird to see and, and weird to be down there on the front row at Raymond James Stadium for Bucks and Panthers with no fans in the stands. Only a few different stadiums have got fans right now at the beginning of the NFL season. We hope that there will be some for the Buck games, but it's it's weird. But Brady and the Bucks, as I said with JT, you'll hear it on the interview, as I said last week on this show, get back to me in October. How do the Buccaneers look gelling and meshing new players, Brady getting used to his new teammates four games in? How do you look six games in? That'll be the real story. Are the Bucs three and three or worse? 
or are they four and two or five and one by the time we get to the middle of October? Let's find out. Uh, on that. Again, lots of college football to dissect and discuss, including underdog predictions. I will get the chance to work the Florida State Miami game on Saturday evening. Uh, that one coming up at Hard Rock Stadium, fresh off of Miami beating Louisville on Saturday night. I work that game as well. Compass Media Network's national coverage. Tiki Barber, the former Virginia Cavalier, the former New York Giant, on the call with me. Miami looked good. And now let's see how they're going to look against Florida State in an ACC showdown. Uh, The Canes also with this stretch at Louisville, Florida State at home, then at Clemson coming up. So an ACC showdown on Saturday. More on that game straight ahead. I'm looking forward to working that game on Saturday night. Check your local listing for a Compass Media station in your market. Compass Media Networks and their over-the-air radio coverage of Florida State at Miami will be on the call at 7 Eastern time. 7.30 is kickoff on Saturday night for that matchup. So lots of college football, lots of NFL discussion. How bad are the New York Jets? Jonathan Grella can't wait to bash on his Jets. Uh, Brian Edwards can't wait to pick some SEC football games with all the mix. Let's get all of it rolling as we get things underway here on the latest edition of the show. Oh, yes, indeed. It's getting good now because we have the SEC added to the college football mix. We have things that we're beginning to understand in college and through two weeks of the NFL. And here to help decipher it all, straighten it out, from BrianEdwardsSports.com, from Vegas Insider with his picks there as well. Love the senior handicapping of this man. Brian Edwards back with me on Three Dog Thursday. We're beginning to learn and understand some things. Good to see you, sir. Yeah, a little more data out there, and then big boy football starts on Saturday in the college ranks. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, All right, so right off the bat, I got a firsthand look at those Miami Hurricanes as they were very impressive, especially offensively with the new transfer quarterback, De'Eric King, at the helm. Second year for Manny Diaz. The bigger hire is Rhett Lashley, the new offensive coordinator. They looked good against Louisville. The game that I did there on Compass Media Networks, the national call with Tiki Barber, that's me saying that. What did you see out of Miami? And they've got a state rivalry game with Florida State coming in primetime Saturday night. This week is a heavy favorite. What about the Canes? I thought Miami looked uh, really good, no doubt about it. And they are uh, vastly improved from last season. On the Louisville side of things, obviously the defense struggled. And you look at the box score, Cunningham's stats were still pretty good, 3-1 to one TDI and T ratio. But, man, he really missed some throws. He missed an easy third and goal. It would have been a touchdown pass. And yep. that was still when it was very early, like late first quarter. Uh, that was just a simple throw that he missed. He was just off a little early in the game. Uh, you know, he ended up making some plays, but I thought he had some critical mistakes in the first half where they could have kept pace with what Miami was doing offensively. But it didn't happen, uh, and, and props to Miami. They're off to a, a great start and uh, heavily favored to move to 3-0 and against the hapless semis. Yes, even without Mike Norvell in that game, who's not able to coach because he's contacted a contracted uh, COVID-19. So Chris Thompson, his associate head coach, will coach the game. And again, Tiki and I, another plug, will have the call on Compass Media Networks. Check your local listing all over the country, wherever you're hearing us. Check your local listing for the national radio call of Miami and Florida State 
we'll have that one. Um, and look, Louisville deserves credit. I, Miami's defense had some issues because Louisville put four touchdowns on the board in the second half. They just kept giving up the big play to the Hurricanes. One play, 75 yards on a run. One play, 75 yards on a little dump pass. Uh, yeah, Louisville's defense not very good um, in that one. Um, all right, so what else? Anything else stand out from last weekend? I know Oklahoma State really struggled. Great comeback by Navy after being down 24 nothing at Tulane. Anything else stand out from last week off week two as we head in now to week three uh well yeah those two that uh that you named right there were were two huge ones i mean navy got clobbered by byu and it looked like the same thing was going to happen and then uh ken nui matalolo's team uh tightened up and uh they rallied and uh good on them and that is typical of a nui matalolo uh, team, I think Boston College may have uh, found a quarterback, the Notre Dame transfer, and they've got one of the better O-lines in the country. Lafayette dodged the bullet in a letdown spot where we're able to rally, and they hooked me up because I uh, bet them in-game when they were down by 14. Um, and then App State loses to Marshall, mm. uh, so they're, that dropped them out of my rankings. Uh, UCF appears to be UCF. La Tech down a bunch of players, yet they rally and win at Southern Miss. And uh, I think that covers most of it. Uh, Middle Tennessee and Stocksville are horrible. Yes, they they are struggling. But you were leaning towards La Tech. You said to us last week, I still got to see if players were out. Players were out. They were down double figures at Hattiesburg and yet won on that dramatic touchdown catch in the final 30 seconds for Skip Holtz's team. So a little Conference USA action even there. And you were mentioned Louisiana had to go to overtime to win in the Sun Belt uh, over Georgia State uh, in Atlanta. So a lot of fun for the games last weekend. Uh, Now we get to some of the action for this weekend. And for Three Dog Thursday purposes, we're looking at those underdogs. Do you have one in the college game that you like right now brian oh yeah i have several let's start with west virginia uh you know i thought oklahoma state looked like garbage last week now their starting quarterback um spencer sanders left the game uh with a lower body i can't remember it was an ankle it was an ankle injury right yes yeah and yeah, and I read Gundy's quotes post-practice yesterday. He's been in a boot all week. They're taking the boot off uh, today and see what he can do at practice. But he's questionable at best. Uh, his backup struggled. They even struggled. Chuba Hubbard uh, never really got going. In fact, Tulsa had a 278 uh, to 277 edge in total offense, but they failed on fourth down three times and missed a field goal. But Tulsa easily could have won that game and all right west virginia had uh uh, i think it was 11 players suspended for their opener two weeks ago but all of them are back now they're three you know against the spread their last three uh as a road underdog and that includes a pair of outright wins uh as a double digit dog to two of their last three games last year when seth bogey had taken over uh at quarterback and uh, he played well against Eastern Kentucky, you know, FCS team, but they went 56 to 10 and cover a 43 point number. And he had three touchdowns, no picks. And they've had a week for, to prepare uh, for Oak State, which looked very, very sloppy last week. So 
Uh, I like West Virginia plus the eight, maybe eight and a half against uh, the Pokies. Uh, mm. WVU and Neil Brown. All right, that's it. Three thirty Eastern Time, two thirty Central start in. Uh, Stillwater for that one, and we'll see if Oklahoma State is better or not again without Sanders, the dual-threat quarterback. They are not the same offense right now on that one. A lot of different SEC games that are now going on, so the SEC is back. We'll see the debuts of Alabama and Georgia and LSU, et cetera, et cetera. I think, wait a minute, I smell, I heard you alluding to it for the last couple of weeks that you might like it. Are you going to go there with Mike Leach and against the Bayou Bengals for Three Dog Thursday? I am. Uh, Mississippi State plus 16 and a half. I, I saw a book or two was at 17, but whatever the case, by that half point to the key number, of 17, I think Mississippi State's got the edge at quarterback. K.J. Costello, second team All-Pac-12 in 2018 before an injury, uh, multi-injuries sidelining him for most of the year at Stanford. He grad transferred. Uh, Miles Brennan making his first career start for LSU. We won't have the normal crowd advantage at, at Tiger Stadium uh, with all of LSU's opt-outs. And even the guy that opted back in, Neil Farrell, uh, Orgeron said he has not practiced in pads yet. His conditioning is not there. And that uh, today and tomorrow's practices are very important to him. And if he doesn't show, uh, you know, that he's there conditioning-wise, I don't think Orgeron's going to even dress him out. So if that's the case, when you consider Kerry Vincent, Jamar Chase, Tyler Shelvin, if Farrell can't go, then LSU only has four starters back, two on each side of the ball, mm. no offensive guru, Joe Brady. D.C. Dave Aranda gone. Mississippi State's got Kylan Hill, fourth-team All-American running back last year. And perhaps most importantly, Mike Leach has thrived as a double-digit underdog the last 24 such spots, 18-6 and six against the spread with six outright wins. Hale State mm, at LSU mm, plus mm. 17. And that is also a 3.30 Eastern time game on and 2.30, uh, obviously, Central in Baton Rouge on Saturday for Mississippi State and Leach's debut. And we should make mention just in general terms here, we really don't know. I mean, Georgia is heavily favored to clobber Arkansas and probably will. Alabama, the same thing uh, with Missouri in week one. Florida's a double-digit favorite at Ole Miss. But this is a first game, and if we learned anything a couple of weeks ago, from what the Sunbelt teams were able to do at the Big 12 teams where they all three won outright two weekends ago. These games may be closer than what these lines indicate. It's a first game, and it's a conference game. We'll see if any of them are for the SEC, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and and I'll, I'll give you a few personnel notes on the Gators. Uh, one of their better offensive linemen is out this week. Not out for a long period of time, but uh, – he is out this week. And, and then defensive tackle Kyrie Campbell and starting safety Brad Stewart are both out. Uh, Todd Grantham, the D.C., talking to the media yesterday, was asked uh, why they weren't on the depth chart. And he said, I'll, I'll let Coach Mullen address that later in the week. So I don't know if it's COVID, injury, or maybe your vintage week one suspension that you so often <laughs> see. But uh, two key players are out for the Gators. Interesting, and that's Lane Kiffin's debut there as well. I know you also, even though South Carolina is a home doggy, you've got another. You got you been uh, tweeting this at your Twitter handle at Vegas B Edwards at Will Muschamp, whether it be at South Carolina or 
formerly as the Gators head coach, has had a lot of success against Tennessee. What's the number? He's like six and one or something against the number, including maybe seven. even straight up. What what is it? Seven and one straight up mm. against the Vols and eight career and it was seven and zero oh until last year and they had a tie game at halftime and uh South Carolina just didn't show up in the second half and Tennessee uh, uh buried them in the second half at Neyland last year. But uh He's uh, beaten them at uh, Williams Bryce, uh, what, I guess, twice since he's been there. So, right. Uh, we'll see. South Carolina plus three or three and a half. I- I'm going to pass on that one. I understand that. Just keep an eye on that one, though. It's one of the more competitive ones in the SEC as they debut. As we talk with Brian Edwards here, I like an underdog. I took the gas pipe with Georgia Tech last week, although in my defense, they were right in the game with UCF in the third quarter. A lot of turnovers, a lot of injuries. Every time I looked up, there was a guy laying on the field being carried off or helped off the field, delaying that game. And then finally, UCF flipped a switch and put like 14 quick points on them to stretch it out and got the easy cover. So I got to be better this week, and I am zeroing in on the Black Knights of the Hudson. Army against Cincinnati, and I know you've been high all offseason on the Bearcats as the top non-Power 5 team to watch out for, but Army 2-0, they had an unintended bye week last week because BYU had the COVID outbreak of numerous players on their team, so BYU couldn't make the trip, didn't come play them. So Army, an extra week to prepare. Triple option, always hard to prepare for if you're Cincinnati. I love the 14 points that I am getting with Army at Cincinnati, and I will gladly take that one. Another 3.30 Eastern time game in the afternoon. I'll take Army here as uh, as coming in against uh, the American Conference favorite, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Well, as I look at my Army page uh, on my Phil Seal mag, uh, just looking back at uh, some recent uh, double-digit dog spots um, at Michigan last yep. year, two overtimes as a 22-point dog. They only lose by three. Should have won uh, it. Should have won that game, Arizona. Brian. Should have won yeah. that game a year ago. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. And uh, then a 16-and-a-half-point dog last year at Air Force. They only lose 17-13. to 13. And then, of course, in Norman two years ago, a 30-and-a-half-point dog to fifth rank Oklahoma and they lose again in overtime 28 to 21 so when they've been big underdogs here recently uh they've they've shown uh, uh quite a bit of spunk if you will no doubt they've missed a couple of kicks I was on them last year in the opener if you remember in the audience I, I love to tout these I was on them against Michigan to be able to hang in if not win at the beginning of last year and they had some struggles at times last year but still Jeff Munkin has done a fantastic job of changing the culture and turning them into a winning program. I mean, they were laughable three or four years ago. Now they are back, and they're more than competitive. They're hanging in. We'll see what they get. Anything else in the college ranks before we pause uh, with you? Not necessarily an underdog, a news item, anything else that stands out uh, for the bevy of games that are coming this weekend? Anything? Uh, yeah, I'll give you one more pick, and I know they're struggling offensively with DeVito at QB. And I hope he gets yanked in favor of Culpepper uh, this week. But, look, Syracuse should not be an eight-point home underdog to Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech is just – they're not ready yet to be uh, favored by more than a touchdown on the road. Uh, Syracuse hung hung very tough. The game you covered a couple weeks ago, what, it was only 10-6 to early fourth quarter at North North Carolina. Carolina. Right, right, right. And then – 
Last week, they never trailed by more than 11 as a 21-point underdog. I just think that uh, – and Georgia Tech, you mentioned some injuries as well. I think they're a lot more banged up than Syracuse. And Georgia Tech is 2-8 and eight against the spread. Their last 10 is a road favorite. Going back to 2015, and the Cuse has been on the road back-to-back weeks. Uh, you know, obviously, I know there's not going to be a big home crowd. In fact, they may not even have 20% since it's indoors. But Syracuse is at home catching eight. So I will go with them. Probably not as much amount-wise as uh, those other two doggies I mentioned, just because of the lack of confidence in Syracuse offense. But their defense has been much better than I thought. I'll give you um, a couple of news items. Anthony Hines, second-leading tackler for A&M last year, just decided earlier in the week to opt out all of a sudden. Mm. And Vanderbilt is has got another starter that opted out and is going to be missing three starters uh, at A&M, and they're a 30-and-a-half-point dog. I don't have a feel for that game either way, but I was mentioning uh, those uh, personnel issues. And, of course, A&M is looming with Alabama coming up, too. So stand by uh, for that for Jimbo Fisher's team. A lot of good insight and a lot of good info for Brian Edwards at brianedwardsports.com. And also follow him on the Twitter handle at VegasBEdwards. My friend, I look forward to talking with you later on in the show. Let's come back and talk some NFL after our video roundtable segment that's coming up straight ahead. Are you ready for some NFL, some conversation, and some doggies coming up? As long as we don't have to talk about my Falcons and that disaster <laughs> at Cowboy Stadium last week. Yeah. All right. Scouts, uh, scouts honor, even though I was never a scout, we won't dwell on Cowboys and Falcons. Brian will be back later on in Three Dog Thursday. Stay tuned for the video roundtable. The audio and the video roundtable is up next on the podcast with JT the Brick and my buddy Jonathan Grella. Stand by for that. Brian back in a little bit. But first, let's talk more about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Winning season has returned at MyBookie, and that means doubling your first deposit. Whether you're talking about making prop bets, big bonuses, the craziest cross-sport wagers, or just wagering straight up on your favorite NFL, college football, NBA, Stanley Cup Finals games, whatever it is, at MyBookie.ag, that's where you want to be. Live sports, betting live sports, All season long, it lives at my bookie. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have picked up right where they left off, and the NFL has returned in a big way, and that means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes are there week in and week out for the NFL. Get in on all the action and use our promo code with my bookie, SGP, for the Sports Gambling Podcast. SGP. Double your first deposit with that promo code SGP for new players up to $1,000. You put $250 in, they'll match it. You put $500 in as a new user, they'll match it. It creates more excitement around the sports you love, the games you bet. Remember the promo code SGP. Double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. And we're brought to you in part by DraftKings. Last week is in the books. It's time to look everything over and prepare for this week already. And there's no place to get in the action like DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. And to add to all of the excitement for this week, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. So if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss out. Draft your lineup and feel like you're right in the game like never before. Every run, every pass, every catch... 
means it all at DraftKings. Pick your lineup, stay under the cap, see how you stack up against everybody else, and nothing adds to the excitement like having a shot at millions of dollars. In fact, DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars with a B, to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code SGP, and for a limited time, new users get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes. That's this week. Don't miss out on all of the action with the college football, the NFL, and more. Use our promo code SGP. Get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with that first deposit. That's SGP only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. DraftKings and the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL, if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it, enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. We are back in on Three Dog Thursday, and my pleasure to bring back in on the roundtable a couple of my faves, my Fox Sports Radio alumni brother from another mother, hosting everything Raiders, the 2-0 Raiders, the stadium open in Vegas, JT the Brick. How you feeling as if I have to ask? Uh, I'll tell you, welcome to 2-0 Las Vegas. We're on Monday night on the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football. How about those Raiders? Did they show up and they opened a new stadium and smell that? That's the smell of the 2-0 silver and black. They are back. I thought you were going to quote Duvall uh, there with, uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smells like victory. Jonathan Grella is here with me as well. 
Uh, Jonathan, former PR director with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now runs his own PR shop out of the Washington, D.C. area. Huge sports fan, huge Jets fan, hurting for the Jets, uh, liking the Brady Bucks after last week. Brother Grella, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, okay, so I noticed there's a lot of colorful stuff in and around you, but no jet stuff. Are we, have we already just ditched? No. Oh, there. Have, I was going to say, have we just ditched the season after two games? Well, the team may have, but I have not. I still, I still cling to Broadway Joe, who was in his prime before I was born. Yeah, that's about what you have to hang on to. That's all I have. All right, so let's begin with happy times uh, here, and I'm going to share the screen uh, through the technology uh, here and let you see what uh, JT was putting out there late night on Monday night. There it is, Allegiant Stadium. There were no fans, but a victorious Monday night debut in Las Vegas for the Raiders. JT, how, first of all, how surreal was all of this? The NFL comes to Vegas. There's no fans there. You were there. What was it like? It was the most incredible experience. Bizarre. I was trying to find the word eerie, and I just couldn't come up with the word, so I'm using bizarre to describe what it was like because, you know, the Raiders would have opened up with 65,000. The strip would have been showcased. It would have been one of the greatest nights in the history of Vegas, and you know from boxing and all the great events in the history of this town dating back to the Rat Pack and great events. This thing was poised to be incredible. We lost the NFL draft, which would have had a million people on the strip. We lost this opportunity. So Mark Davis didn't want anybody in the building. If you weren't working, you were not in the building. You weren't a looky-loo. You weren't going from the fourth deck to the second. There were no selfies. He wanted the place empty because there's been a lot of confusion around the NFL. Certain owners are letting their friends in the suite, couple of people behind the goalpost swigging a beer. That wasn't the case. If all fans couldn't go or one fan couldn't go, Mark Davis didn't go. His mom lit the torch in memory of Al Davis, which was special. You could hear the pads hit in the 400 deck of the brand-new press box, and everybody was quiet, DJ, because they thought they could be heard in the press box. It was eerie. It was wild, and I hope we get rid of this pandemic because I don't want to do football like this again next year. Yeah, I can testify working the Bucks game, which we'll get to in a minute with the Panthers, empty stadium, Raymond James Stadium. Uh, that you know, Make no mistake about it that – it's different because you hear the pads, you hear everything on the sideline, you hear everything on the other sideline. It is surreal. That's the, that's the best way to describe this. Go ahead, JT. Yeah, and what confused me going in is I know that there's crowd noise pumped into the TV broadcast. I thought that was go- there was going to be more crowd noise in the stadium, and I didn't get that at all. I don't know Correct. if that's the case, but I thought you were going to hear like an NBA game This is for television, that pumped-in crowd noise. I thought it was part of trying to get the other team off kilter. No, it was silent as far as I was concerned. And, you know, it didn't give either team an advantage there. But, you know, for the Raiders opening up a new stadium and Drew Brees used to a dome crowd and how loud it could be for an opponent, it was very surreal. And it was an event. It took away from the event, even though there was so much going on. Jonathan Grella uh, on the other side of the country, and JT's a New York guy first and foremost. Man, oh man, the Jets. Uh, We could go on for a while. It's only two games, but as we're talking about right now, they, uh, they appear to be in dire straits. I'll be kind here. I'll let you tee off. You have the floor after, after a disastrous Sunday at the Meadowlands where they lost badly to the 49ers. What about it? Mm -hmm. 
having been uh, on both sides of this equation as a fan and as somebody working for a team, I try to reserve judgment and be a little bit more measured uh, when it comes to evaluating a head coach. The good news is this. The Jets haven't lost to anybody they weren't supposed to lose to. Uh, and, and the other good news is this. Adam Gase couldn't ruin Ryan Tannehill forever, so Sam Darnold can, can uh, take solace in that. The less good news is uh, I start to get worried when, um, when you have decisive losses, especially to a team that was as banged up as the Niners were. Uh, and, and then beyond the, the pundits, when you start looking between the lines and reading between the lines at what players in the locker room are saying and what, um, and what people in the know are saying, it, it, it surely appears like Adam Gase's grip on the uh, locker room is tenuous at best. So, yeah, uh, it would be hard for them to underperform their talent because uh, they don't have very much, uh, and, they, and they're pretty hurt too. But, but man, oh, man, uh, I would be surprised if Adam Gase uh, makes it to January. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a struggle. We, we have the, the – uh, you, you had this up on your social media. We have the spoof, the meme of Gase as Spider-Man versus Richie Kotite as yes. Spider-Man. Uh, it's bringing back memories of Who Kotite. wore it better? I, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good question. But let me show you something else uh, here on the screen. The litany of jet coaches. Uh, I have this up on the screen. And again, for the audience that's only hearing us on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're hearing us, you can see what we're talking about on the YouTube page on the video roundtable. Look at that laundry list of jet coaches, including a Lou Holtz three and ten year that he didn't even finish. Yeah. He quit before the last game. But every one of these guys, Walt Michaels losing record, Joe Walton losing record, Bruce Coslett, Pete Carroll one year, with the exception of Parcells there in the middle, and JT knows this too, uh, Al Groh one year winning. Al Groh quit while he was ahead. Herman Edwards losing record, Aaron Man Eric Mangini losing record, Rex Ryan for the two AFC title games losing record, Todd Bowles losing record. I know I'm not telling you anything that you don't know with the Jets, but this is – this has become almost customary, Jonathan Grella. I, I can't stand the same old Jets. You know, it's so easy to pile on and the group think about how, you know, they're this hapless franchise. But to be honest, I, you know, had to think twice about, um, about buying gear for my son. Do I want to put him through this? Um, so, uh, you know, maybe this year I won't, I won't mind when he, when he prefers to watch the Bucks games. Uh, to the Jets games, as as we are, we are not even in rebuild mode. We are pre rebuild mode. Yeah, it's bad. JT, go ahead. Yeah, this is a big topic on my Mad Dog show at night on SiriusXM. The Giants and the Jets are a combined 0 and 4. And I've already taken calls from Jet fans talking about tanking for Trevor. This is a really unique situation. You got a GM who is not tied to the quarterback right, and a GM that didn't draft a quarterback. You got a head coach that had success with Peyton Manning when he was with Denver, dating back to Nick Saban and the confidence there. You have a rabid fan base that is sick and tired of losing, and then Jamal Adams being traded where you saw him play against Cam Newton, and you see the perfect fit that he is now with Seattle. So you have a storm that's circling the Jets now, and it's 
very combative because the fans want change. Ownership is a bit at odds right now. You have a GM that's going to get draft equity because of the Jamal Adams trade. And what direction, Jonathan, should he go in? Because I'm telling you, I watched this Sam Darnold thing closely. I watched him play in high school, watched him play at USC. He's got ass-kissing media out in L.A. protecting him, saying that he's going to be someone else when other quarterbacks are playing much worse and not getting or around that level and not getting the criticism. I'll ask you. Is Darnold the lock to be the quarterback of the Jets by this time next year? Absolutely. Uh, I in Sam we trust. I also I <laughs> for just, now. <laughs> no, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. And and you know, God forbid we go one and fifteen and and have the opportunity to take Trevor. I know it's it's uh, a ridiculous thing to say, but um, but trade down. Uh, the Jets need a lot. I don't think Sam's the problem here. Um, I took a lot of comfort in what Dan Orlovsky had to say about Darnold. Uh, and and I, I agree with him wholeheartedly that a quarterback coming into a totally um, talentless roster never turns a team around by himself. Young quarterbacks who do turn teams around already come in with some semblance of a cast. Uh, Sam can't do it all, all by himself. Yes. But he's going to be the guy I say – Top 20 quarterback year this year, and then I think top 10 next year. This is starting to look a little like Arizona. I'm just saying Josh Rosen taking one year, and then all of a sudden Kyler Murray, you look at him, you say, we can't afford to miss out on him, and he's not going to be good. Kyler Murray is going to be a super elite. But honestly, but JT, if you put put Trevor Lawrence on a bad team, to Jonathan's point, is he going to look any better than Sam Darnold? What do you say, JT? Yes, yes, here's why. We got to come to grips that Sam Darnold is regressing. We have to come to grips with the fact that that's what happens in this league. You judge talent. Look at what's happening to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. The, Doug Peterson this week had to answer a question and think about, is Carson Wentz regressing? And this, what, this is what happened with Jared Goff when he came into the league uh, with Jeff Fisher in the beginning. Hey, is he going to play it out? So if we're all into this Sam Darnold, is going to be a franchise quarterback and someday become something I don't see. Let's book this podcast and own it because there's pressure on him now. This is New York. This is not, you know, we're not talking about Jacksonville and no disrespect to Nashville and other markets. If Sam Darnold continues to regress, that boiler oven is going to eat him up and spit that California kid out. All right, I interesting think, stuff. Go ahead. I think that he'd be he'd be doing quite well with any number of these other teams, and and we would be we singing a totally different tune. To, I'm I am all in on Sam, and and I I don't know who could be doing much better with with the cast of characters he has. He he didn't have Le'Veon Bell, and not that Le'Veon's at the top of his game. He did, didn't have even Jamison Crowder. He, d- he didn't have Perriman for, for a lot of the game on Sunday. And that's, I mean, we're not even talking about franchise guys. We're talking, you know, XFL uh, sure. level talent here. All right. Beat up. A lot of teams beat up. 49ers came out of that game in, in victory beat up, and they're staying in the You're same welcome, stadium. You're welcome, NFC West. <laughs> yes. 49ers are a mash unit uh, at this we point. We swept the All- leg. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, Cobra Kai. That's the voice of Jonathan Grella. Again, if you're only hearing us on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, find us on YouTube on the video. JT the Brick is here. You hear him in Vegas. I'm going to let him promote how you hear him on the Raider station that's in Vegas, as well as Mad Dog Sports Radio uh, at night uh, on Sirius XM with the Brick Show. Uh, love his insight. Let's talk a little bit real quick about the Bucks outside perspective, because again, I can be considered in the bag for the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S uh, for the Bucks. Jonathan also used to work for the Buccaneers now in the D.C. area. But let's talk a little bit. Uh, they looked better last Sunday, and we're taking a look at TB12 here throwing the touchdown pass. I got I got knocked on by the NFL for showing an NFL highlight last week on the YouTube show. At least somebody was watching from YouTube and the NFL. So I got still photos here. We don't have moving pictures. We just have pictures. Here's Brady throwing. Here's Mike Evans catching for the people that are seeing us. And here's Brady and Mike Evans celebrating. So it was better last week. Uh, JT, to you first. It's a work in progress for the Bucks. They play an easier opponent again with Denver, who's hurt this week. I keep saying get back to me in mid-October. How do they look overall in mid-October? Do you buy that? you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with it. It was the biggest overreaction of the NFL so far. The biggest two storylines this year have been Week two NFL injuries and week one, the overreaction to the Buccaneers. And when Brady threw that pick six, it gave all of us in our industry something to talk about, about would he have the arm strength? Can he make that throw? I just saw that with Drew Brees this past Monday night. He's the talk of the NFL uh, midweek because everybody's wondering if he's got the arm strength to get it done. Buccaneers are going to be fine. Brady's a winner. Uh, That offense is loaded. It's an unbelievable pursuit defense that tackles great in space. And as I, I, as I reported a while back, I think one of the big stories with Godwin and now him coming back and Gronkowski, I know is not in football shape. It's tough to get in shape in Tampa in that humidity and heat. It's going to take Gronkowski, I believe, six to eight weeks to put muscle and weight back on his body so he can help on the offensive line, let alone have the cardio to run those Tampa routes in that weather. So I think they're fine. I have them winning the division over New Orleans. I was mm. right on that one, and I think the Buccaneers will probably be a 12-win team, but most likely not a 13, 14, 15-win team. I, I think they're going to be in that 11 to 12-win uh, record because of the schedule, who they're playing, and the fact that they're going to sweep Carolina this year, and they're going to beat a lot of inferior teams they play out west. Interesting. Jonathan, a quick thought here. You used to obviously be behind the scenes working with the Bucks. Uh, it was bizarre yeah. again. No fans there. The town, the town is on. Yeah, well, that's true. Favre was allowed to be there again. He was doing an NFL uh, video thing for an NFL show that's on with Rich Eisen on the Epics Network. So he was allowed to be there. It was bizarre, though, last weekend. And yet the town is watching. The, ra- the ratings were massive for the home game on Sunday. Uh, just speak to it a little more, Jonathan. Give me a little more. Bucks are a nine or ten win team. Will make the playoffs. Still a pretty tough division. And when I look at playoff teams and evaluate them, I look for easy wins along the way inside division. Especially they've got two with with Carolina, as as JT mentioned. Um, so that that's not a bad start. Um, Atlanta's Atlanta's tough. Their offense is really good. Obviously, have had some uh, gagging issues, and then um, the Saints are the Saints. Um, so the Bucks will be in the dance. Uh, Brady will be just fine. They are too loaded and they have too good a coaching uh, to, uh, to, not be, to not make that dance. Todd Bowles, 
Uh, Bruce Arians, they're, they are, they're in very, very good shape right now and a stretch of very winnable games coming up. All right, I'm going to get an underdog prediction from Jonathan and also from JT in just a second. I'm going to do a quick ad here for our friends at Smack Apparel. You may be able to see this as I tilt down. I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning Bring Stanley Back shirt on. That's a limited edition one. I don't think that one's available right now on SmackApparel.com, but you can go check into it uh, right now. Go check out all the different stuff that they have at Smack Apparel. We've got a special uh, promo code that's ongoing Use the promo code 2020BOGO. You can get the I Want to Party Like It's 2004 shirt the last time that the Lightning won the cup. Hey, even for JT, they've got the Raiders. Welcome to Las Vegas, the black hole, when there is fans there at smackapparel.com. Use the promo code that's on the screen there, which is 2020BOGO, uh, there for your opportunity to go get uh, the merchandise at Smack Apparel. Love, uh, love all of their stuff. Get in your opponent's face, whether you're a fan of the Raiders or the Jets, hate on your opponents, et cetera, with Smack Apparel. And again, the purchases have to be made through smackapparel.com. Wherever else you see the shirts, the promo code isn't going to work. So go to smackapparel.com for that. Guys, thanks for indulging me there for the promo. So on the podcast, we talk underdogs. And JT, I'm going to go right back to you because the Raiders come all the way cross country again. They came cross country and beat Carolina in Charlotte. Came back to Las Vegas and won Monday night. Now in a short week, come all the way back across the country again. And dare I see that the Raiders are getting six and a half points there on the screen in New England against the Patriots. A tantalizing underdog there. It will be a challenge, though, to go play Belichick, Cam Newton, and the Patriots having to go all the way back to the east again, right? Yeah, and the Raiders already had a good road trip to Carolina with the protocol and came back. And remember, a lot of Vegas fans left. They went back to California to go to work for a few days. They'll be back in Vegas on Saturday pounding that number down. A lot of sharp <laughs> Vegas money will come in. I, I really like the Raiders in that spot, at least, because I think that their roster can find a way to slow down Julian Edelman. My upset pick is going to be the Vikings. And the reason why, I picked the Vikings to win the NFC to get by the Bucks, to get by the Seahawks, to get by the Packers. I was really in on the Vikings this year, especially when they got Yannick Ngakwe. I thought with the depth that they would have on that defensive line, even though they're not 100% yet, that the Vikings now would be 1-1. One one. I didn't expect them to beat the Packers. That was a pick em game. But this is a real rough one now. The schedule is a monster for the Vikings out of the gate. Kirk Cousins was god-awful in that last game. A guy who's already cashed. <laughs> 84 million. Think of this. The first ever player. And as we talk about, rest in peace to Gail Sayers, who passed away, right. who, never made, who never made dollars compared to pennies, compared to Kirk Cousins being the only player in the history of football to make a guaranteed contract of 84 million. And he goes out there and stanks up the joint. So this is one of his last stands. Not that they're going to bench him, but the heat is in the kitchen for Cousins. He's got to dig out of this hole and start stacking wins, and he has to do it against a very good Titans team. I'll go in with them. I don't have a lot of confidence. In I them. went with them last week, and they yeah. just no-showed at Indianapolis. Jonathan Grella, I, I, I got the sense you were nodding along. Minnesota might be a play here for you, too, as an underdog. I mean, home team with talent getting three points, I, I, I feel like it's a no-brainer. Um, they're too talented to be 0-3. And you look at last week – Whatever it's worth, Tennessee struggled against Gardner Minshew on offense. Minshew threw it on him, and that's Cousins' strength. They've got Dalvin Cook, too. 
We'll see on that one. Uh, interesting right. that Gruden and Belichick have only met twice because, again, Gruden was in the broadcast booth for a decade. JT knows where I'm going. The snow game, the tuck rule game with Charles Woodson and Tom Brady uh, in the playoffs in Foxborough. And then I was there on the sideline in 05 for a 28-0 shellacking with Chris Sims, thank you, at quarterback. You see him all the time with Mike Florio on Pro yeah. Football Talk. Sims was the quarterback for a 28-0 beatdown by Belichick and the, uh, and the Patriots. That's the only two times Gruden has yeah. gone against Belichick. We'll see if the third time's a charm, JT, for yeah, Sunday. Big this one week. for John Gruden because he coached, he outcoached Sean Payton completely. I mean, it was it was a joke. If you look at the second, third, fourth quarter, the adjustments the Raiders made when they were down ten nothing at home, uh, they did a great job getting back into that game. No, Michael Thomas had something to do with it. The Raiders are now banged up on their offensive line. Two of their former Pro Bowlers, Trent Brown and Richie Incognito, are not a hundred percent, which could be a problem there. But look. When the schedule came out initially, we didn't know if Brady, you know, Brady was making the decision on the box. If you said the Raiders are going to have to play in New England as Hightower opts out, Chung opts out, and there's no Tom Brady, come on. I mean, you get to get it. Cam, Cam Newton's thrown one touchdown this year. It was to a fullback. Okay, to a fullback. So the Raiders have to come in there, put a spy on Cam, try to slow him down. And guys, don't sleep on Derek Carr. He was outstanding on Monday Night Football. He's off to another good start. No MVP talk yet, but if he wins this game and the Raiders go to 3-0, there'll be some serious momentum out in Raiderland. Love it again. Darnold, but I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Sam, <laughs> Sam Darnold has gotten way too much attention here uh, on no, this. No such thing. Yes. Uh, uh, listen, JT and Jonathan, you guys did a great job. Again, follow JT the Brick. And again, Mad Dog Sports Radio, five nights a week, correct? Starting, give me the rundown of when we hear you on Mad Dog Times and Nights, JT, so that I get it straight. Yeah, I am on 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 p.m. out here Pacific time for four hours a night. A change coming, which will be very beneficial to me. And I'll break that news with you down the road. I'm also on Raider Nation Radio Every day, Monday to Friday, it's on the Raiders app. You can download it. Got a match following because the Raiders put it on their team app, and we have a real partner now, and I do that show every day, noon to 2, with the likes of Tom Flores and Howie Long and the players and all that. Really excited about that show, which is uh, clearly uh, 3 to 5 Eastern time. So any Raider fans out there in the other area of the pirates in tampa and want to catch a raiders radio show i'm on raider nation radio every day and you can find that on the raiders team app how about that so only raiders talk on that show daily uh, and wherever they're seeing us all over the country everywhere they can find that app they can find it on the station etc right yeah right and there's uh, there's a little bit more than just raiders there's boxing we're boxing friends over the years and i got yep. a nap car driver on today so we'll mix up the sports talk but when hey when the Raiders are 2-0 and you got to take advantage of the format <laughs> pump right? it and Jonathan Grella promote away they can follow you at Jonathan Grella but you've also got a new PR endeavor as well promote away as well as your own podcast yeah let me let me begin uh proteanpublicaffairs.com as well as the politics of sport sport of politics podcast uh available in your friendly neighborhood podcast stores where we talk about sports politics and the uh, increasing intersection of the two, um, certainly timely. We've been doing this show for a year now, interviewing a lot of folks that we know in Washington, D.C. There you go. In There's Grella. And beyond. Um, so I think you'll find that very interesting. Uh, so Politics of Sports, Board of Politics podcast, 
Um, appreciate the opportunity, TJ. A pleasure as always. Yes, find him on Protein Public Affairs right there. You're seeing it online. And Politics of Sports, Sport of Politics is, an, is a fascinating podcast that I've even been on. you got politicians yeah. talking sports, got sports figures talking politics. It's a great niche there with that from Jonathan and from JT. Guys, you did great. Thank you for hanging out with me here today. JT, good luck on the Raiders being 3-0. Grella, I can't figure out, do you want the Jets to win or at this point are we in the tank and you want them to lose? I can't figure no. out. Which, which, which am I wishing you? We root for them to win, but if you must lose, lose decisively. <laughs> lose with no doubt that Gase is getting fired. I get it. I get it on that. Boys, thank you. The podcast rolls on. More with Brian Edwards coming up, talking more NFL underdogs. Stay with us. We are back in here on Three Dog Thursday with our senior handicapper, Brian Edwards. BrianEdwardsSports.com and Vegas Insider ready to talk some more NFL after we talked a bunch with JT the Brick and Jonathan Grilla on the video roundtable. Again, find the video roundtable on YouTube. Thank you for finding us on the audio version of the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sports Gambling Podcast, Network of Shows, however you found us. Brian is back with me. We're ready to go over some NFL doggies. Wolf, Wolf, I did have the Miami Dolphins last week who did get the late cover with the late touchdown against the Bills despite the three interceptions by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Buffalo is good. I don't know that Buffalo's great, but Buffalo is good. They got the road win. The Dolphins did get the cover. And so, Brian, as we bring you back in, a Thursday night game in the Sunshine State to kick off the NFL weekend has Miami playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a tough 0-2. Well, actually, the Jaguars, I'm sorry, won and one off of the week one upset of the Colts at home behind Gardner Minshew, and then a tough uh, three point loss, last second field goal loss to the uh, to the Tennessee Titans last weekend in a thirty three to thirty game. Dolphins zero two, interesting Thursday night spot where the Dolphins come in getting three points in this one. I kind of like them. Uh, in this Thursday night matchup, depending on when the audience is hearing us, you may already know that the Dolphins were terrible or not. I kind of like them as we bring you back in here. That, that Miami, they're not playing Tua yet, but Miami might be good in this Thursday night spot, Brian. Uh, yeah, they, they, they could be. I'm not a, against that play. Um, I am mulling the under uh these third and i mean obviously it didn't go uh under last week uh with the Bengals, but that was week one a lot of these thursday midweek games i forget what the stats on the trend was uh, last year but it was ridiculously shaded to the under this just seems like a high number i mean i know uh what jacks had a uh 47 point game but that was a lot of late scoring in week one and then, you know, last week they obviously had a... a, a 63, easy, 63 points last week, right? 33-30, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, but Miami had a lot of late scoring last week as well and, and uh, on Thunder Under against the Pats. So uh, I might be interested in the under. I haven't pulled the trigger, though. And by the way, uh, Brian Edwards was on the Thursday night underdog, the Bengals, last week for the late cover. Joe Burrow and company showing some good offensive pop against the Cleveland Browns. So kudos to Brian Edwards. We keep giving you this information on Three Dog Thursday. It's why you got to subscribe to the podcast and follow us along at Three Dog Thursday. Follow him at Vegas B. Edwards for all the info. So I will take the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins win this game outright. But Brian Flores' team will get the victory here in Jacksonville. I love Minshew, but Jacksonville largely anonymous on defense now. They, I mean, you look at that 2017 playoff team, there's virtually no one back 
on that defense just three years later. Not the same team. Give me, give me Miami uh, in that one. I know you're going to move to Sunday. Do you have an underdog that stands out for you, Brian Edwards, as we look at the NFL for weekend number three? Uh, yeah, two of them. Um, first off, uh, I bet the look-ahead line before both teams played this week, I bet Packers plus four and a half. Um, but they are still underdogs at plus three, and I think they're going to go into New Orleans and win outright. Not only do we get New Orleans on a short week, but we get New Orleans having to fly back from the West Coast late Monday night uh, off a loss. And uh, the Saints are only 9-14 and 14 against the spread. Their last 23 is a home favorite. Green Bay is 4-2 and two against the spread. Their last six is a road dog. But uh, more, more than anything, the, the uh, most compelling factor pushing this play is that Aaron Rodgers has looked spectacular. Mm. 67.6% completion percentage, six touchdowns, no interceptions, and the running game as well is thriving. Aaron Jones, 34 carries, 234 yards, three touchdowns, 6.9 yards per carry average, a uh, double-digit win. Or wait, did they win by nine at Minnesota? Uh, They might have only won by nine, but they won by – you know, two possessions at least, and then they rally from what down fourteen to three and win forty two twenty one against Detroit last week. And uh, New Orleans offense, no more, no Michael Thomas again this week. Short week. Drew Brees doesn't seem to, or at least he's taking a lot of criticism nationally that he's not throwing the ball down the field. Um, so whatever the case, I think Green Bay goes in there and wins outright. Interesting, and you're right. They've got 85 points in their first two games. The Packers, there is criticism of Breeze. It's a different offense without Michael Thomas in there to help stretch it. They still have Alvin Kamara, but there's other receivers that have got to step up. And, you know, this only goes back to, I've done this for so long, and I keep trying to tell people on this podcast, on other radio outlets, interviews that I do, one game, the first game, does not a season make. And everybody was lauding the Saints and bashing the Buccaneers after week number one. And now you see the Saints, who who look good on offense, but defensively gave up a lot of yards and points to the Raiders in that game. And it, look out with Aaron Rodgers uh, now now coming in. You better be ready to win a shootout probably if you're New Orleans in this game because they're not going to keep Aaron Rodgers down from getting three touchdowns, four touchdowns in this game. And that is the Sunday night game in the Superdome, so you like the Packers. Did I hear you say you like another underdog? Is He's he's passing out a bevy of underdogs on Three Dog Thursday. You like another NFL underdog, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with the Bengals plus five and a half or six at Philly. The Bengals are 12 and five against the spread. Their last 17 as a road dog. Their defense was anemic last week, but they might get Sean Williams back, or they probably are. He practiced yesterday, and they seem, at least as we're recording on Wednesday, optimistic about eight-time Pro Bowler defensive tackle Geno Atkins maybe getting back uh, this week. But most importantly, even though his O line is garbage, I say right this second the rookie Joe Burrow is already a top 10 quarterback in the NFL and (laughs) I don't be surprised if within two or three weeks if he lights it up then I'm saying he's maybe worthy of a top five in the NFL settle down settle down he's not top five he's 
He's played the Chargers at home. Wait a minute. He's played the Chargers at home, and he's played the Browns. Settle down with him being top five in the NFL. Just settle down. Hold on. Hold on. The Chargers held Mahomes and the Chiefs to 20 points in regulation, correct? Yeah, but he still still torched them when he had to and moved the ball on them. So just just hang on. Settle down with the whole world. I know Philly's defense has got problems. Top 10. I'm only committing the top 10 for the moment. All right. And again, Green uh, uh, Cincinnati here going into Philadelphia, who's 0-2. And as JT the Brick was just saying on the video roundtable talking NFL before you came on, that they're already questioning Carson Wentz. And Doug Peterson's having to answer questions about that. How about the defense? Let's answer some questions about the defense not being able to stop the Redskins after being up 17-0. Didn't stop the Rams at all in the first half of the game last week. So they got some issues there in Philadelphia. Brian Edwards says take the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and the points in that one. That's an early one Eastern game in Philly. Are the Eagles really going to be 0-3? We will find out. Speaking of Mahomes and the Chiefs, I will go all the way to Monday. Night football. That's what Frank Gifford always called it, the late Frank Gifford. It was M-U-N-D-E-E. Monday night football, he always called it. I like the Chiefs as the road dog. I know Baltimore very impressive in Houston last week. As Brian, as you mentioned, the Chiefs got out of there by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin against the Chargers on a 58-yard field goal in overtime uh, to win it. But Mahomes still looked electric in the second half after struggling and in the fourth quarter. I like this matchup. We did not get the matchup in the playoffs last year because the Titans beat the uh, uh, beat the uh, Ravens before they even got to to play against the Chiefs. So we didn't get to see Lamar against Mahomes in the playoffs last year. I will go with it here, though. I will go with Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road. Big play offense here uh, against Lamar Jackson. That run game of Baltimore is good. I think this is a shootout. I'll take the points, though, and I'll take the Chiefs on Monday night as we last this one all the way through the weekend to Monday night football for Three Dog Thursday purposes. You want to talk me out of that one? You like the Ravens at home more so? No, no and I'm going to offer props to uh, the KC field goal kicker, Butker. Oh. He had a 58-yarder in the third quarter, and then in overtime, he buries the 53-yarder, and the, what they had an illegal formation or a false start. So he hits the 58-yarder. He he makes it, but the Anthony Lynn called timeout. The ice team, and then he hit it again. So <laughs> he hit uh, three 58-yarders for the day and a 53, and three of them in a row to win the game right there at the uh, very end in overtime. Yeah, it was uh, it was wild. Uh, the the first game for the Chargers in SoFi Stadium to watch the opposing kicker kick those kind of kicks. Uh, and you've heard the latest about the Chargers and why Justin Herbert, the Oregon rookie, had to be forced into action was that Tyrod Taylor had a rib injury and it has now come out through the reporting of Adam Schefter and a couple of other NFL insiders that the Chargers team doctor, Brian Edwards, punctured his lung with the needle trying to give him a pain injection prior to the game, about 20 minutes before the game, trying to give him a pain injection. He injured his chest, punctured his lung. He had to go to the hospital. Ouch, babe, on uh, on that. And so Tyrod Taylor is questionable to play this week. But how about that? Your own doctor with the needle. Oh. Ouch. Yeah, no, that's horrible. I, I got I had not seen or heard that part yet. Um wow. And that so is, so brutal, it's it's but, unknown. Uh, it's unknown at the time we're taping whether Tyrod can play against Carolina at home again this weekend or whether it's Herbert again with the punctured lung. 
hopefully he's okay, and hopefully the Charger team doctor does a little better with the needle next time on that. But I just thought I would throw that out there. But Chiefs, again, Monday night should be an awesome game uh, with the Ravens. We'll see how that one plays out. Anything else that we did not cover with you, Brian Edwards, before we get out of here on Three Dog Thursday for NFL purposes or otherwise? What else? Anything else? I just will say that uh, uh, Nick Saban, during his tenure at Alabama, is 12-1 and against the spread in season openers. Uh, it was believed from reporting last week that Missouri would be missing 12 players because of COVID against Alabama. Apparently, they had some false positives, and Dave Matter of the St. Louis Dispatch was reporting now it's only going to be seven players for what that's worth. And uh, let's just hope we don't have more situations like La Tech last week where they don't – we suspect we're going to have COVID outage, uh, you know, out, out, uh, players out, and then they don't report it to like an hour before kickoff. Uh, it actually worked for me because I had bet LaTeX last week, but um, they need to they need to tighten up on all that and uh, let us know some things. Yeah, the yeah. announcements need to come a little earlier too. Like Notre Dame, for example, didn't waste any time after they bashed USF here in Tampa, where I am. They came right out on Monday and said, "Hey, we've got multiple guys, including multiple offensive linemen, that have it, and we can't play this week against Wake Forest, and that game may not be made up yeah. uh, before it's all said and done." So some some schools are being proactive in that way. Way. and BYU did it the week before too with the Army game uh, so we'll we'll see on the COVID announcements and, and so far for the NFL the positive tests for any players have not happened as of yet so they're taking it very seriously with the daily if not the daily the every other day test for the NFL players and coaches uh, getting it all worked out let's get week three in we'll see what happens with my Buccaneers in Denver where they're a large road favorite with the beat up uh, Broncos, your boy Jeff Driscoll is slated to be the quarterback. Jeff Driscoll, Jeff Driscoll the former Gator, the former La Tech Bulldog, slated to be the quarterback against the Bucks defense Sunday afternoon late. We'll see what happens uh, in that one. And Brian, I always love your insight. Uh, plug away again on where they can hear more, read more, see you, and get your picks. Go ahead. Uh, BrianEdwardsSports.com. My SEC notebook will be up at VegasInsider.com uh, by tomorrow. I'll also be breaking down the UFC 253 card over on Fight Island for this Saturday. That'll be on VegasInsider.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Vegas. Uh, B. Edwards, and I appreciate you having me, TJ. Fun as always. Have a great weekend. Best of luck to your audience on uh, best ball games and hopefully winners. Yeah, lots of underdogs that Brian has given you, and he'll be tweeting about those at Vegas B. Edwards. Brian, thank you. Thanks also to JT The Brick. Love The Brick from Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM, my former Fox Sports Radio alumni uh, dude there. Uh, late nights, he's been the king of late night sports talk for about 20 years. Jonathan Grella also with me at Jonathan Grella, former Buccaneers PR director. That podcast again for him is Politics of Sports, Sport of Politics Pod. Find it anywhere you find podcasts Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, all the podcast apps. Find Jonathan's podcast. It's a great angle again with the political angle and the sports angle get the politicians talking sports get the sports figures talking politics it's a good mix there on both for him all right that'll do it for here subscribe to us as well whether it's the audio podcast on apple podcast spotify whether you found us through the sports gambling podcast and their network feed of shows and sportsgamblingpodcast.com subscribe it's the easiest way to get the show on thursdays find the videos on the youtube page on the three dog thursday youtube page see me see jt and jonathan grella on that With that, we're done. Thank you for being with us. Good luck to all the underdogs on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.